Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Stephen the Warman Writes Kickfighting Podcast Show. I'm your host, Stephen the Warman. You are listening to this podcast in one of two ways. Either you are at the blog, which is lordgaul.podbean.com, or you are in the most efficient way to get the show by entering Warman Kickfighting Show into the iTunes search engine. Also, uh, Spotify and, you know, uh, um, uh, SoundCloud, and there are other ways to watch the podcast, but I got into the flow of how I used to start the show for years and years and years. So we'll go ahead and jump into the action. Basically, this is a, a show to prepare us for the year to come. Uh, I put a top 10 list of things that I'm excited about seeing in the coming year. First of all, I want to start everything off with, uh, I promised I'd do it. There is a gentleman uh, by the name of Anud. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Anud uh, Agawal. A-G-A-R. W-A-L. Uh, I believe that is Indian. I could be wrong. Um, but uh, he is the founder of Feet Spot and he has a kickboxing, po- kickboxing podcast list. I told him I uh, shout out his podcast list. It's like 25. I think I'm nine on it. And then he also says that uh, he says that I'm quarterly, which of course, for those of you who follow the podcast, that is not true. I had one little gap over the summer. But I'm a weekly show, sometimes bi-weekly, but I'm a weekly show. But anyways, I want to shout him out because he is doing his best to get kickboxing out there. Uh, B-L-O-G dot feedspot, F-E-E-D-S-P-O-T dot com slash kickboxing underscore podcast. So that is his. I definitely want to give him a shout out. Uh, he's got a list out there. Uh, and I promised I would take a moment and just do things, you know, to help anybody who's making much of kickboxing. So he's got a list of kickboxing podcasts. So check that out if you get that opportunity. I'm going to go ahead and go into the big announcement for the day, of course, was the Glory uh, kickboxing event. Uh, it's got four title fights on it. Um, it's got an undercard of Itaker Sean against Gare Belay. That's going to be awesome. Uh, it's got Raul uh, Cadenas against Martin uh, Pecos. Uh, it's got Antonio Plazabat, who's right back in there, against Tariq Kabaz. It's got Luis Tavares against Neji Abena, uh, which is going to be dope. Then it's got its title fight, Safety Von Seuss versus Aline Pierre. Um, talk about that more as we get closer. Uh, Cedric Dumbe and Martha Grunhardt are going to do it after uh, Grunhardt wasn't able to last month because of injury. And then we've got Artem Vakada versus Alex Pereira as Alex tries to be champ, champ, champ. He's technically the interim uh Light heavyweight champion, so this would be him cementing it and getting the actual, beating the actual champion, Artem Bakadov, who's just super good, super talented. Um, that is going to be fight of the year type stuff in January, so really, really fun there. And then Rico Vahirvin, the heavyweight champion, uh, will be taking on Jamal Ben Sadiq. They do it for a third time. Uh, first one goes to uh, Sadiq by KO. Second one goes to Rico Vahirvin, the fifth round by KO. Uh, and then this one will be the third, unless I'm forgetting one. I'm old, so sometimes that happens, but pretty confident I got this down. So, good stuff. That's going to be a fun all-action card. I will, of course, break it down more when we get closer to the end of the month. Uh, but I wanted to say shout-out to Glory. Um, I'm excited about the potential of us just keeping the kickboxing rolling, keeping it rolling. That should be good. Some other news and notes I wanted to jump into. Catalan Morisano, after a really fun kickboxing career, and I mean fun, like just Fought a lot of the top guys, got the, you know, um, some opportunities, K1 and stuff. Uh, had an all right run, wasn't able to get to the top top, and I'm sure he would love to make at least one K1 World Grand Prix, even if he lost in the first round. I'm sure it would have been cool if he could have had the opportunity to make that walk in Japan uh, because he fought early enough for that to be a possibility. But man, he's still a talent, big, strong guy, uh, 
very, very wise, very good with his money. He's going to be one of the few kickboxers to walk out of this game with um, something to put in his pocket. Uh, he became a reality star in Romania. Uh, I started his own promotion. He seems like he's done things the right way. I'm really, really excited about him and his future. He will retire in a rematch against Errol Zimmerman. Zimmerman beat him in a fight where uh, Marisano came out guns blazing. Scoring, scoring, scoring. Errol Zimmerman find his moment and scored a big stoppage. Uh, he's also got a loss like that to Freddie Camayo. Um, but he lets it go. He lets his hands go. He's a powerful guy. Gets in the pocket. Right now, him and Errol Zimmerman, this is the perfect time for both of them to fight each other. Older guys who still have a little bit in the tank, still training. Shout out to Zimmerman for keep pushing. I had no idea what Zimmerman's, you know, 35, plus 35 career was going to look like. But he's mentally ready and he's going after it. So I'm excited to see... Um, what the future holds for him. Excited to see what the future holds for uh, Morisano, even after he moves on through, after his kickboxing career. Um, other people that are noted for this card, both Andre and Bogdan Stoika, and then Benny Adekbui also mentioned uh, on this Romanian card. I'm hoping that Gita gets on it as well. I know he's older and not what he used to be, but I still love him. You know, he still was great in his time. So that does it for the notes. Um, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. I will float back and forth. Uh, I will try to get everything. And I know I've got some fans that are big-time stadium Muay Thai fans. So I really want to do my best to just um, promote the sport at a high level and include every aspect of kickboxing and Muay Thai. I'm going to miss names, of course, uh, but you guys know how I feel. There's one other note that I need to mention. We Ru was probably for sure the fight of the year for 2021. When I was putting things together, I just didn't recall because he really didn't have like an international win where I'm like, oh, fault, you know, guys from China. You know, even though they've, some of them have got some international resumes, he didn't fight anybody where I was like, oh, because when he won the K1 World Grand Prix, uh, you know, for the weight, uh, I was like, oh, this kid's legit because he had someone international to give me a scale against. And if you look at some of the decisions in China, it's very, very rare um, that Westerners get the, the nod. And I'm not saying that, you know, this is a situation where he cheated or they cheated. But if you look at historically, there are some times where you're like, there's no way the Westerner lost, but he lost. So that does come into play when I think about where you fought, who you fought, stuff like that matters to me. Uh, I mentioned Masaki Nori, who went to France twice, one win, one loss. It meant a lot to me that he did it because it he left Japan. It's something that people were critical of Masato for. You're always sitting here getting the Masato decisions. Uh, you know, like the Bukau one that clearly was a landslide 30-27 after the, the first three rounds and they go to an extra round. It seems like they were hoping that he'd get the W. That's just not how it works. You know, like for me, uh, and of course they, you know, he had one in his favor and then two for Masato. And then, of course, he put the work on him again the next round. But it made me a little bit skeptical of what we call the Masato decisions. So it will hurt Weiru a little bit that he's got his resume uh, only in China against Chinese fighters for this you know past year but you know for most of it most of the resume but but change of weight matters a lot going up you know and weight matters a lot the skill that he shows still formidable but most importantly the body of work he for sure he got in you know six seven fights he for sure should win it on body body language like the other guys when i was doing it last week i'm looking at all these guys with just two wins and i wasn't confident in any of them I think his seven should give him the nod. So definitely my apologies on missing him. I'm an old man. I missed off. So we'll go ahead and jump into my top ten list. I'm going to go ahead and start it off with 
Super fights. If they happen, when they happen, fun. So so clearly every year people are going to go run. And this is why this is 10 and not higher. Every year people are going to go running to um, Tenshin Nasukawa, uh, you know, against uh, Takuru Sagawa. Like that, that's going to come up every day. Everybody wants to know about Takuru. Everybody wants to know against Tenshin. When are these two going to get each other and kill each other? Like Because we know when that fight happens, somebody has got to go. Um, I think that it will be fun if it happens and when it happens. But it's actually not the fight that I think has a, you know, a super fight that has a real feel. A lot of times when I think super fight, I think moving up in weight. And if you look at the history of it, especially with kickboxing, we've got the MMA versus kickboxing crossovers. So that goes a long way towards what we see in terms of the kickboxing product and the high-level athletes that compete or not compete. That goes a long way. It really does. The idea that... Um, you are daring to do something different for whatever side it is. Uh, so sometimes it's something like Alistair Overeem versus Bader Hart. Uh, they had a two-fight series, you know, both getting stoppages. But the fun thing about it was there was a fear in the kickboxing community that Alistair Overeem at the time was going to come in and just kind of, you know, uh, use muscle and strength. This MMA guy is going to go beat all the best kickboxers. So a couple of years later, people didn't have that feel. In fact, the opposite. A lot of people wanted Overeem, thanks to the Reem documentaries. They wanted him to win uh, as he moved down the road. But when he first got in there, they didn't want him to win. He was, you know, uh, he was good, strong guy, talented, but they didn't want him to win. That added to the feel of the super fight when he did go against the better guys like Badahari and Roman Bojowski was able to beat him, uh, was able to drop. Like that goes into to, to the feel of it. Uh, and vice versa. You know, when Bob Sapp fought, fought Nagara, I remember they were like, this guy is just all big and strong, kickboxer. Uh, Nagara, of course, is getting slammed all over the place, all over the place, gets a sub, and that adds to the lure of it. So, super fights, the idea of someone bigger going against someone, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, smaller, or someone from a different discipline going against your discipline, whether it be boxing versus kickboxing, all that stuff comes up. So, I look at all that. And then I look at this year and I go, what's the best opportunity, I think, of having something like I think Sam A versus Petrosian is happening for sure this year. So Sam A won, won by stoppage, and he says, Petrosian's the best. I want to fight Petrosian. Now, everybody in the world's like, he's too big. He's going to be able to beat you. But screw that. It's Sam A. Sam A's going to try. I don't care if he loses, but he's such a talented guy. He's going to find offense in spots. But I love that he retired from the game essentially for four years, came back on form killing people. I think of your super fights, that's the one that's got the best chance of happening. So uh, excited for that. Any other super fight that comes together should be fun. Uh, there are a lot of guys in MMA that are kind to kind of, you know, leaving UFC or leaving, you know, other fight organizations who might be some good fights to put together for some of the kickboxers. So we'll see what happens down the road. But definitely shout out to those athletes. We go into fight number or uh, list number nine, title defenses. Uh Title defense is the number nine I have on things I'm looking forward to in this 2021 season. Uh, I've already mentioned some of them because Glory's got that 4-1. I always want to see Rico fight, you know, one of the great heavyweights of all time. I clearly would have been cool to see him in the format of uh, K1 when it's in its heyday. But as they segue and move their way out of that, I am super, super excited for us to see the um, what's going to happen in the, uh, kickbox in the kickboxing world. Um, with some of these title defenses, uh, I always want to see Rico. I always want to see uh, Pierre. I always want to see Vakadov because they're 
not just great fighters, but they're great fighters that are in their prime. Um, aesthetically, Dumbe versus Murtho may not be the fireworks we want because a lot of anger and aggression goes into there, and neither guy is showing their best foot forward as far as skill goes, and it gets sloppy, and you have no idea who goes to the scorecards. I'm hoping that fight doesn't look like that this time, but it definitely, definitely uh, um, should come up in some way. Like, I see that coming up, but... Very talented people um, in the, the weight class are in weight classes, but uh, you look at Regan Ursel, of course, we want to see what he does over for the, you know, one championship brand. We've got, you know, um, so many title holders out there. I mentioned Takuru. Uh, I'm excited to see some of the uh, better fighters in the world compete. We've got a really busy month already because we're going into the... They moved it all the way to January. Hopefully, it eventually makes its way to the first. But uh, K-Festa, they've got a Japan versus Thailand card coming up. And again, Superfight, as I mentioned before, that's something that we look at. But the biggest thing that I want to pay attention to is their champions usually defend on that day, Misaki Nori and so on. So I am a big fan of that. So number nine is title offenses in the coming year. Number eight is IFMA. I'm hoping that IFMA returns in a big way this coming up year. Uh, they've got all that history. They've got some super talented, you know, athletes, and and um, they produce stars if you pay attention to it. You know, Valentina, Valentina Shevchenko, champion there, star there for several years before moving on and having success in kickboxing and Muay Thai, then moving on and having success in mixed martial arts. So you've got that there. You've got pretty much every elite. You know, uh, your Troy Joneses, your Ace of Ten Pals, your you know your. Um, uh, internationally, you've got some names that really had great runs there. I'm super excited, super excited to see them return and produce more stars, in particular in the women's division. You know, uh, Selena Flores is someone that I signed from IFMA. Like, it was her IFMA resume that had me excited for her, you know, and uh, I'm excited to see that. I want to see more of it. Number seven thing I'm excited about going into next year is will new signings bring about new stars uh one of the big ones for me of course is yusin uh bohanan uh of course is a you know major stadium champion frenchman he joins a very small list you know less than 10 guys of forangs to have major stadium titles now again the ties are not their best at that weight class 160 ish but shout out to him and uh, uh he's a talented guy love to see someone pick him up Andy Semelier, I've talked about him on this podcast many, many times. Uh, Infusion, doing good things. Uh, you look at what Richters did um, going into the Gl- Glory tournament. He was Infusion champion. Infusion really do, because they, they, they sign a lot of the guys early. They really do a good job of building and creating the next generation of stars. Andy Semelier, of course, is very, very talented. He's got a win over Superbond. Clearly, I'm excited to see him sign with the big organizations. Chingiz Alizo, not old, not old. He's still young enough to have a really good run. I'm hoping somebody signs him. Super talent there. Uh, Yod Wicha is a stadium guy who went out, had some international opportunities, didn't have the run that I was thinking. You know, his run's almost similar to Petch Bunchu's run. I thought that they would have much more international opportunities. But, you know, the way Yod Wicha played the game, he usually tried to beat you at your strength. You know what I'm saying? If you're a clincher, he wants to beat you in a clinch. If you're a body kicker, he wants to beat you in a body kick. I remember back, me and Ryan Scalia, I talked about that back in the day. But he's a super talent, and there's a lot of guys like that. You know, you want to see that. And then um, along those lines, what's going to happen with some of the old, there are two things that hit me this this when I was getting ready for this podcast. One, this is a big one. Last year is the first year Bukau has not fought since I've been a fan of kickboxing. 
the first year. He didn't register a fight last year unless it happened and they didn't put it in. But he didn't fight last year. That freaks me out. The other thing that I was realizing, and this is a big one because it's going to take us into the one championship middleweight tourney. That's my number six that I'm hoping happens. First and foremost, before we get into that, I go ahead and segue into that. So that's not a real thing. It's just something that people are suggesting. They've done tournaments before with Yotes and Klein and so on, but the tournament that they have, people want to do it because of the talent that they signed. So Tafon Askin, talent. You know, we want to see him. You know, we want to see him uh, fight. And then we've got uh, Marak Gorin, and then we've got Superbond, and we've got Sidichai fought this year. So it's four guys. They've got, you know, uh, the roster to really, really put on a good show and to really have a good tournament feel. You just got to do it like how K1 does it. Uh, K1 didn't have it throughout the months. They had one night, and you were, so they had an elimination, get you excited, and then they had your eight. So don't be afraid to adopt that as opposed to doing it through the months. Um, now, again, you probably get everyone's best performance better if you do it through the months, but the draw and the drama of the one night is what made the max so popular because the heavyweights were popular because of that. So don't rule that out. But it leads me to something else I was thinking about. I mentioned Bokao not, not fighting last year for the first time. That makes me feel super old. But he also is 38-39. What a great run he had. You know what I'm saying? He won his first K-1 World Grand Prix. What was that, 2002, 2003? So we're looking at, uh, and he's 21, 22 then. You know what I'm saying? So go ahead and add 18 years of fighting on there. At some period of time, whether it's they can't match his price or they don't have someone for him to compete against, it's just there. It just keeps building. But, you know, like like this, those, those opportunities go away and you still built yourself into a, you know, legitimate draw and name and kickboxing. But sometimes they just don't have a guy for you and maybe that's what happened to him last year. But it also got me thinking, this is the first time in my life that the best kickboxers in the world and the middleweight division are 154. We're all in their 30s. All the best guys that you could think of. Uh, I guess Tafon Oskins a little bit, so you know, uh, um, lighter than that. But um, you look at some of the guys who, like Petrosian, 30s, Bacal, 30s, Robin Van Roosmalen, 30s. Like a lot of those guys have kind of gotten older. You know what I'm saying? So it's not saying that all. Excuse me, I take it back. I did say all. Uh, a lot of them. Way more than I would have ever expected. But still old for me because when I got into this game, the best guys in the world, just, just for me personally, when I got into this game, the best guys in this world were 100 and, yeah, 154 pounds. Bacal was 22. I want to say Masada was 24. I want to say Andy Sauer was 23. I, I remember when Yoshihiro, uh, Yoshi, um, uh, yeah, Yoshihiro Sato, I think. He was in his late 20s, and he had already had a full rules Muay Thai a run. He'd fought in Fusion a couple of times, or uh, in Super League a couple of times. So he had built his resume. He actually was one of the better kickboxers that came over late. But Kishinko was 22 when he had to start. All those guys were super young. So I got to see them fight in their prime from like 22 to 28, 29. Uh, when Georgia Petrosian finally made it, a lot of those guys were actually already older and beating themselves up a little bit. But uh, I believe he was 24 on his first uh, K1 World Grand Prix run. I could be wrong there. could have been younger. But um, that's what I'm used to. So now we slap, you know, we go forward, and these guys are a little bit older. You know what I'm saying? They're still using Yotes and Klai, older. Um, it, it's, I'm curious to see what happens in that division. But the Indy Semeliers are right around the corner. The Muhammad Dryas are right around the corner. Like, 
uh, Bastati right around the corner, definitely. Uh, we've got some young stars for the future, but we're in a weird position where uh, we're transitioning into that next group, and I'm curious to see how they do it. Robin Van Roosmalen did it because he was a late add to an infusion tournament, and, you know, Kashinka was on his way to win the tournament, and Bertrand, and then uh, Robin knocked him out. Like, before that, I remember Robin had lost to um, uh, Kamal, Muhammad, uh, uh, Moody, Moody Kamal. I remember he'd lost to him, and I was like, well, Robin's good, but I'm not sure what Robin's going to be. And then that tournament really changed everything, you know, from my timeline's correct. But I remember that burst him on the scene, and then, of course, the glory opportunities and the success he had there. So, like, I'm curious to see where we go in that division, because that is one of the glamour divisions of kickboxing, 154 pounds. It's not even a division in other things, you know what I'm saying? Uh, boxing added it late, but really, boxing's 147 and 160. 154 is a late add. It's the Masato division. That's why it's 154. Anyways, we move on. Next thing I want to see is new young stars continue to emerge. Asa Timpao was on a great run uh, before you know he had the loss to Zogri, but he still had picked some things up, and he did really good in that next round, but he's a talented guy. Um, he has all the skill to be great, but they have to return kickboxing on a regular basis, and he's got to fight the right kind of guys to work himself up to the top again. Gotta happen, you know. Uh, but he's got all the till, uh, all the all the skill to have success. And thanks to his FMA run, he's gotten to see international opposition. It's huge. We got to see more of that. He's definitely, definitely uh, a talent. So we'll go ahead and move in. Um, our uh, other names: Zogary, still young. I want to see more Zogary. Super talented guy and all action. Give me, give me your money, type of performer. Like I want to see. You know, like if he's performing, you can have you can have my funds. Here's my wallet. I know he's going to bring the action. Troy Jones, super talent. He's done good in the uh, opportunities that he had internationally uh, with the stoppage that he had in Miami, and then of course he took the short notice fight against Murtho. Was doing great before he got caught. Was doing great. So he's a talent. Nadaka, absolutely killing it uh, in in uh, Japan, winning winning by stoppage, which is most important. Super talent. Super young man. Also, the big-time call-out a couple weeks ago against Tenshin Nasukawa, even if the answer is no, the fact that you made the call-out, I'm excited. Okay, I'm excited. Um, Supergirl, want to see them continue to build her in one championship. They're going to keep getting their girls in opposition, but she's got to keep stopping them and putting them away. Uh, she's got to keep performing at a high level. She's got the look. I would say she's, um, you know, uh, for people who value aesthetics, I would say that her appeal for being pretty is better than Stamp. I'd say she's more physically attractive than Stamp. Uh, and the way she does her Instagram and stuff like that, I think she understands that part of it. But the most important thing for her is killing people. They got to keep giving her girls for her to beat. She's got to keep performing, but not just in a get decisions way. She's got to keep killing them. That's important. The stoppages go a long way. Her bursting on the scene with the stoppage goes a long way. So even if the opposition isn't in her her level, if you're building a star, go ahead and throw in some, you know, not have a chancers and keep building her brand. So that's just some names. There's clearly more, but those are ones that jump out at me as talents. And I've I mentioned Bastadi before, but he's fought for the title. So as far as I'm concerned, he's, he's there. Mohamed Raya, always exci excited about him. Um, you know, uh, the 154 botter, you know, like a lot of people say, but he's a talent and he's got a good gem around him. I want to see, and he's coming off really good performances. So I want to see him have a run and fight for a title. A lot of good young stars. Number four, 
return to international shows. So right now we've got, you know, one championship. They're back doing shows in Singapore. They started off doing shows in Thailand because that's where they had the best fan, or excuse me, um, talent base in their roster close enough to put shows together. And plus they had some forangs that are just determined to not leave Thailand despite COVID. So they were able to put some shows together. They've now worked their way back over to Singapore. And now that there's more flight opportunities and so on, you're seeing the international guys get opportunities there. It sucks because there's no crowd and it's tough to tell, tell someone's ability to win an audience over with their skill if there's no crowd. It's really, really tough to do. But shout out to them putting shows together consistently now can they get back to what they were trying to do before do shows in japan do stuff in china like see if that's an opportunity i think japan's always going to be tough but there's a whole lot of that part of the world that they can do it doesn't have to be just singapore they can do thailand again as we mentioned they could do china uh, maybe they do australia they can do stuff in that area so it's definitely possible now as far as glory goes glory who of course has the best international uh, kickboxing brand in terms of where they fight and the talent that they bring in. See if some people open up a little bit. What was it? Uh, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Is it Sweden where they had no COVID restrictions and no mask and things just worked out? Now, I'm not sure they can go that liberal, but maybe they can go to a place like that and do a show. You know, those that fan base is looking for a big kickboxing show. Uh, maybe Germany. Of course, they've got their history with kickboxing. But of course, the U.S., and the reason why I say the U.S., some people are like not big on the U.S. kickboxing glory shows because the talent isn't as high as the Europeans. Uh, of course, you know, I worked, you know, me working at Glory uh, when I was in charge of building the U.S. talent. Uh, one of the things I had to do was I had to put U.S. guy versus U.S. guy in the undercard. I had to build fights to build up guys so that they'd have the opportunity to compete. So that's why you see a Troy Jones starts with some local guys, then he gets the international opportunities, and then he moves from there. That was the best that I could do with the time that I had. So, like, uh, you know, before, you know, COVID hit and everything went crazy. So a lot of people look at those cards and they go, man, but this guy is 4-1 versus this guy who is 2-1 on the undercard. I, I hate when they go to the U.S. But that was part of the thing that we were trying to accomplish. We're trying to create kickboxing stars. We're trying to create, you know, the next generation um, you know, that's, that's why you look at Selena Flores, as I mentioned before, uh, girls like that. And, uh, uh, clearly you, you look at Becca Irwin, another example, those talents had to be groomed. And then you see Becca and then Becca had the good year and then she had the win over the, uh, Chinese opponent and the, uh, big, you know, uh, uh, glory event. And it's like, you can see you built them. And when they get the step up, they have it. So we got to do a lot of that. So Glory returning to the U.S. is something that I'm extremely excited about. I want to see that. And remember, those main cards are still on point. Those last four, you know, are usually the international flavor that you're looking for. So shout out there. Number three, the Tokyo Dome show. So it was proposed that Risen would consider doing a Tokyo show, uh, Dome show. And then K1 then said that they would be open to being a part of something like that. I would absolutely love that. Go ahead, throw glory in the mix if they wanted to. But I would love a super Tokyo Dome show because that was a part of my youth. That was a part of my first getting into kickboxing. You know, even though the fan base didn't do what they were hoping, when, but when Remy Bonjowski won his first K1 World Grand Prix Championship, 
I remember they said that the fan was 80,000, and then later they were like, it's nowhere close to 80,000. But back in the day, that's what they used to do. They used to sell that place out for their big shows. And they went, you know, from Yokohama and just kind of build up till they got to the Tokyo Dome. If you do Tokyo Dome, you're pretty much saying we're doing the biggest building. So they did a good job of making that happen and developing and uh, uh, putting on great shows there. And then, of course, as you know, they didn't have as many heavyweight kickboxing stars. They didn't have as many Japanese kickboxing stars. They moved to smaller venues, moved all the way down to something around the 7,000, 8,000 range. Then K1 built their brand back up, and then K-Festa started doing 17,000, and then COVID hit. And I believe K-Festa last year did six or 7,000, uh, but that was with the whole world telling them not to do a kickboxing show. So now with Risen returning, them having their MMA stars, their arenas, their, you know, um, uh, uh, the Gucci, uh, you know, Gucci, their, their, you know, you know, female stars, their kickboxing tension, Nasukawa, you put that together with what K1 already has, and then you bring in, you know, if they were interested, uh, Glory and some of their roster, you could have a super show that's like 16, 17 fights and put on a big show that really tells the world that combat sports is doing extremely well. Kakatugi is alive and well in Japan. So those are just some options to play with. But I think it'd be awesome if it happened. This is a very, very far-fetched reality that I'm not close to. I don't know if it's going to happen. So I sit down and I wait it out. And I'm curious to see what the future holds. Number two, Cedric Dombey's future. Clearly, he's done some podcasts. Uh, and he's talked about what he'd like to do after he wins this next one. There are some new young up-and-coming talents, you know, uh, Mishikov, um, uh, you know, um, Hamicha. So there are some young talents that I want to see him against, you know, uh, Trey Jones. I would love to see those three fights. But, of course, he's going to have a big thing to ask. Will Glory be able to give him money to keep him, you know, safe and sound and loving the kickboxing game? Or, like he's done in his podcast, say, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on no matter what and... Uh, try this MMA thing out, gives him the opportunity to be a millionaire. Like, I understand that decision. But I'm curious to see what happens to him. As he heads towards that decision, I'm curious to see if he gets the good roster, the good talent that um, uh, Glory has coming. And I want to see how he does in those fights. And clearly afterwards, hopefully we have a great one and he moves on and does really, really good things. Uh, you know, hopefully stays in kickboxing because I love kickboxing, but I'm down with him no matter what he does. And we'll figure finish the show off with number one, the show's come back in a big way. Everybody, I'm hoping by mid-year, because the vaccine's going around, I'm seeing people on my Facebook wall saying that they've got the vaccine. At minimum, I want it to change the culture of how the world looks at COVID. And uh, maybe people will have a little bit more faith in whatever, you know, whether it's the vaccine or you know, the human resistance building up or just a better fight uh, just in general from the medical staff against COVID. I'm, I'm hoping that people have, you know, faith in the people who are really trying to tackle this. And then as the years go on, people are more confident with doing shows and going out. And a lot of people just want to escape, just want to get out of the house, just want to do something. So I'm hoping as we move forward that more shows happen, more international shows happen, and there are more people that are accepting and exciting, excited to go to those events. Uh, clearly, it's something that I think will take over more when we get to June, July, uh, second half of the year. Um, but I'm excited that kickboxing can be back in a big way this year. So next week, I'm going to try to get someone on uh, to join me. And we're going to tackle the question, what do we do about our middleweight division being older? 
And is the young division talented enough to take over for those spots? So we're going to be looking at the 154 division. And, uh, you know, of course, we'll probably, uh, we're getting closer to K-Festa. I don't know if I'm going to break it down half and half. But that's kind of what my next week show is looking like. Thanks for everybody that's listening. God bless. You guys have a good day. And uh, be safe out there.